Hi, welcome to Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. I'm your host, Stephanie Pavlantos, and today I have Keisha Gallagher back with me. Now, if you were able to watch the first episode, she was on talking about a lot of things and about uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is one of the fall feasts. So we're going to continue that discussion because we didn't even get, you know, probably one third of the way through, if that. So we talked about the new moon, that it's the feast of the new moon. Um, We talked about it being the head of the year. We talked about um, being the creation of man and the Moedim. You talked about that word meaning um, the appointed times and that that word is actually in day four of creation. And and I think you even talked about it in response to it says seasons in our Bible. If we were to go look up that word, we wouldn't see Moedim. We'd see seasons. And they're the same thing because this is all about the fall feasts. And so mm-hmm. it's about Season. time, a very specific time of the year. It was an agricultural culture. Um, and you talked about that we were the feast. But the really cool thing is you also mm-hmm. related this back to um, the coming of the Messiah. Or we could even say in in Thessalonians, what um, some of us might see as the rapture or even the second coming. I've heard it explained both ways and you can hit on that more. But I also thought that we could talk a little bit about the coronation of the king, meaning the King Jesus or Hashem as the Jews might call God. So we could talk a little bit about that too, but I know you have a whole lot of information, but thank you for being back on my program and to um, help explain more of this great topic and great feast so well thank thank you for having me back this is one of my favorite things to talk about is the festivals of the lord because they you really do see the whole plan of redemption and deliverance and salvation and actually Mm -hmm. eventually you know that restoration of all things what we're looking forward to still in the future it's all packed into his calendar Right. And you gave us so much information on the first episode. So I know that, like I said, I mean, there's so much here. Um, And I don't know where you'd like to start for sure, but we talked about even that the scripture that they read on this feast is about Mm -hmm. Abraham and Isaac and Abraham offering Isaac or binding Isaac to offer him as a sacrifice. So why is that scripture important to this feast? Well, let's think about what we as believers understand about Messiah. You know, he, the spring feast, you can prophetically see his first coming really clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty when we go back and read the gospels right. and you see they align exactly on his appointed times and even the giving of the spirit and, and on Pentecost. And sorry, I do have two labs and one of them is still puppy. So she might be a, um, <laughs> she might be a distraction, but then in this fall feast, we're we're still prophetically looking forward to that. So you can think of this as a picture of those things that have not yet been fulfilled, the things that we look forward to, mm-hmm. especially his second coming and our great hope, resurrection. You know, it's all it's all prophetically there in the in the fall feast, even like with tabernacles, with him eventually dwelling. Mm-hmm permanently with his people again you see right. all of that in the fall feast so it's lovely so when we're thinking about 
this, the fifth feast, which is Yom Teruah, the day of trumpets or, or the awakening blast, you could translate mm-hmm. it that way, or the head of the year, uh, Rosh Hashanah, all of those things are, are there. So what do you see when you read Genesis 22, when you look at Abraham mm-hmm. taking his son, Isaac, who wasn't a little boy, by the way, right? I mean, it's clear that he, he was an adult. He knew what was going on. And so what does that immediately make you think of? Resurrection or yes. 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 And resurrection, Mm -hmm. which of course that's, you know, uh, with you see Yeshua there clearly as well, but hopefully you're, because you're in him, we're also thinking about us and resurrection. So, Mm -hmm. you know, our Jewish brothers and sisters see that as a figure of resurrection as well. Mm -hmm. So this is not just read, it is, it is sang and it's chanted in, in the synagogue on Rosh Hashanah. And what's interesting about this Genesis 22 passage, it's also in the daily prayers. So this is actually called to remembrance every day, but it's really highlighted on the Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah. And I love that picture because when we think of resurrection also, hopefully you're thinking about a trumpet blast. Mm -hmm. And this is the day of those trumpet blasts. Um, I think last time we talked about... um, the coming of the Lord from first Thessalonians mm-hmm. and, and, you know, this is firmly rooted of course, in Yeshua's dying and rising again from, from the grave. And he says, let me find the verse I'm looking for here. Let's look at first Thessalonians four sixteen. for mm-hmm. the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Now the word for shout in Hebrew is Teruah. What is the, Scripture call this day in Leviticus 23, Yom Teruah, the day of shouting, the day of a blast. So both you and me, like we have a shofar right here, but then there is an actual shofar. And he says, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Hmm. Then we who are alive and remain will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so that we shall always be with the Lord. So comfort one another with these words. I love that. I know I love that. And it, it gives me goosebumps <laughs> as you read it because it's like, wow, it's just, I mean, it, it's just how much more meaningful when you put it together with a feast of the Lord and knowing that the Lord already had that day in mind way back yes. in creation. Yes. So how awesome. And, is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And am I right or wrong when I've read that they blew the shofar up to a hundred times that, that they day? still do? Yes. Okay. And they still do. Yes. If you went to a synagogue service, it would, it would be blown at least a hundred times. And then and he usually says then in that scripture you just read at the last trump. And so that can mean even at that last trumpet blow, even if it's a hundred times at that last trumpet blow um so there's significance to the way that's worded yes yes and uh, a jewish reader would pick up on that immediately because they're they have been keeping these thematic themes with the festivals Mm -hmm. for centuries and so if you're talking about a shofar blast what immediately would come to their mind Mm -hmm. it would be this season it would be this festival Right. And how does that tie in with this, the binding of Isaac? Isn't it 
also because of the animal that was involved. Yes. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting because we know that that God provided a, a, a ram, you know, his, he had horns that were caught in the thicket. And Mm -hmm. so a, a true shofar lit, it means a ram's horn. Mm. So although we call some of the, the curly, like kudu, we call them a shofar. I mean, in, in, in the general sense it is, but in the most literal sense, a shofar is a ram's horn. So you have these ram's horns caught in, in the thicket. And that's how that ram was uh, a replacement, of course, for Isaac. So those horns in Jewish tradition, one is said to have been like the prophetic horn when the children of Israel, Israel were standing at Mount Sinai about to receive the 10 words or the 10 commandments and what came first, this long, loud blast from a shofar. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the one horn. And then the other one is about the resurrection of the dead. It's a figure of what we're talking about right now with Rosh Hashanah. Right. So very cool. Very cool. And and then we could move right on easily into the coordination of the king because because when we arise, when as first fruits and and arise in, in that resurrection, we're going to be with our king. Amen. And, and so it all kind of comes together in this feast. It does. So you can clearly see him as the lamb in the spring feast. And then now he's more of the lion. And, and even in, in English culture, we associate a lion with kingship. We, we even call him the king of the jungle. But mm-hmm. He will be that conquering king when he returns. That's right. Outlined beautifully in the New Testament for us. So we can see that. And then in Jewish tradition, this is the coronation of the king uh, of Adonai, because he is the ultimate and the perfectly righteous and just judge as well. So you have on that new moon of the seventh month, you have this feast, the Feast of Trumpets. And 10 days later, you're going to have the feast or fast of Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. Mm. And so that figures, you know, being weighed in the balance, so to speak. Right. And he's that just judge. And even in the month we're recording, which is the sixth month, Elul, there is in tradition that the king is currently in the field meaning he is highly approachable right now. So it is time to settle your accounts, so to speak, to get right with the king. And he is gracious and he is in the field. He will come to meet you sort of like the prodigal, you know, the mm-hmm. the father going and, and when he, when he sees the son a long way off and sometimes we're a long way off, you know, he is approachable and he rejoices at, at your return. And so I love that picture that we're yes. seeing right now in, this time leading up to the day of uh, Rosh Hashanah. Right. Oh, that is a beautiful picture. And, and I, those, that was something I learned recently. So I hadn't known. And, and Elu, it, it's for the very specific words found in Song of Solomon, right? Yes. Uh, it's said to be an acronym, those uh, Hebrew letters for uh, I am about, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. 
Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful way to enter a month? <laughs> so it, it is. It's lovely. And so one of the other things I love that is also done during this month, and, and you think about this is preparation for his coming. This is preparation um, for for judgment. And I think we when we think of judgment, we always think negatively. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, we shouldn't, if we're in Messiah, that shouldn't be a, a, a scary negative thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's things that we can always um, do better. You know, we are a work in progress, progress, and he promises to right. fully conform to the image of his son. But one of the other things that is recited are what is called the 13 attributes of mercy. Mm. And that comes from Exodus 34, when Moses asked Adonai to show him his glory. This was after, right after the sin of the golden calf too, where <laughs> The forgiveness was, of course, what was in Moses' heart. He wanted God to forgive the people, and he did forgive the people. And then that's when he walked by and and gave him, you know, his most holy name and and a, a list of his characteristics. And so what are those characteristics? Well, he is merciful. He is full of chesed, loving kindness, and, and it goes on. And so that's another right. great focus on at this time. We can fully rest in his mercy, in his grace. Exactly. In his loving kindness. Yeah. And I, I, I love that you brought that up because God himself tells Moses who he is. And the first word out of his mouth is I am compassionate. I am, I am full of loving kindness and I am long suffering. I'm very patient with you. Um, and yes. that's, that's that importance of that word, all three of those words that that's who he is and that's how he describes himself you know and and if you and if he used judge as the first word we might be having a different conversation but he doesn't use that word he uses compassionate that he's a compassionate god you know like judging as in we think of it as something terrible and frightening but he doesn't describe himself in those words and in that passage where he describes himself for the first time later on, he talks about, you know, that he, what he's going to do, like how he'll about our iniquity and all of that with the third and fourth generation, you know, that he will visit their iniquity upon them. Those things can sound frightening, but, um, but that he begins with compassion, I think is, is quite significant and relevant to all of us. Because, you know, um, one of the things that we worry about, it's not, we have all been deeply wounded mm-hmm. and betrayed and rejected. And I think we fear that that God is not going to punish those who deserve it. But he says, I will not let the guilty go unpunished in, in that passage. And and to me, that's a, that's a good thing. Yes. But at the same time, we would not likely i mean very would be very unlikely for us to dole out just punishment meaning it would not be too little it would not be too much but god knows exactly what that is so even in his judgment even when you see judgments go forth like in the book of revelation it's not necessarily just to punish the wicked Mm -hmm. his heart goal because that's who he is is for Mm -hmm. them to turn Right. It's for them to turn and repent. That's that's all it takes. Come back into the fold because he loves us so much and he knows exactly where that path we're on will lead. And mm-hmm. he wants us to turn and again, fall back under his wings and be blessed. Mm-hmm. 
And I think you use the word repent and, and I wanted to hit on that. So you were reading my mind there. But when we enter a new year in our society, it's a big celebration. Um, people are drinking, having parties, um, whatever, you know, you're doing lots of things. You're in celebration. This is a very different feast to welcome in the head of the year. It's more about repentance. It's more, it's very solemn in some parts or maybe most of it is more solemn. Um, it's very different from what we, how we would celebrate. So a new year for sure. <laughs> yes. I think the only thing that comes close is a lot of people will make new year's resolutions mm. and those resolutions are usually for their betterment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be the closest secular thing you could get to, to, to the theme of, of getting ready for Rosh Hashanah, because that's one thing you do want to do. Um, and it's not just repenting. It's not just taking an accounting of the past year and all your failures. because mm-hmm. We all have them, but I love this part of it too. It is also, to account for those things where you did do better Mm. and to continue to grow that way, to continue to, like, I would say, you know, okay, well, in this situation, I actually did do better than I have in the past. And I want that to grow. I want that to be more and more like, how would Yeshua actually do, Mm -hmm. do what he do in this situation? I want to do that. I want to grow that. So it's not all negative. You know, Mm -hmm. I think when we're thinking about repentance, because it is a work, repentance is. is a it is hard and it's hard to take an honest look at your heart and your thoughts and, you know, mm-hmm. your deeds even and your motivations behind doing things. But, th- but those things are healthy and mm-hmm. it's not to bring you into condemnation where you get into condemnation is if you're thinking I have to actually change all this stuff and by the power of my flesh, because it's not right. going to happen. Right. Right. But knowing that you have the power of the Holy spirit in you, and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to submit this to you, God, you need to, I need your help desperately. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different ballgame because mm-hmm. then it's not your works. It It's God working in and through you. I think it's very significant that you say that too, because when he's the perfecter of our faith, he is the, he is the one who's working it out through us. All we have to do is stay faithful, stay focused on yes. him and let him work it out in us. Yes. I mean, we have to be yes. obedient. We don't go the other way when he's trying to lead us this way. You know, I remember, I remember just being angry with someone and I was praying and the Lord just interrupted my whole prayer. <laughs> and he's like, you're angry at her. And I said, yeah, well, she didn't really, you know, you know how she is, Lord. And I'm like, and he goes, I want you to go ask for forgiveness. And and I'm like, "Um, but did you hear what she said? Did you see and hear? And do you know? And, And he's like, I want you to ask for forgiveness. And we'll continue this conversation after you've done that. I mean, it, it was almost that abrupt. It was like, and I mean... And I don't know how to describe it, except I felt like he just closed the door on me. And now I was talking to myself. Everything I said after that, I was just talking to myself <laughs> because he's like, do this one thing. And when you've done this one thing, come back and we'll have a, we'll have a conversation again. But I did, I did go and I did. And she cried, I cried and, and we made up and, and I mean, and, but that's You're what right he's about. about. 
he's about restoring relationship. And this is about when we repent, it's about restoring relationship with him. Yes. And, you know, they don't, you know, in Jewish tradition, you don't leave out your brother either. So just that situation you were talking about is vital. If we have caused offense or hurt someone uh, intentionally or unintentionally, uh, for our part of it, this is also that season to make those amends before you get to that day of Yom Kippur. Right. And sometimes you can't. I mean, it's not everyone's willing to reconcile. But most people, if they're believers, they do want to reconcile in some way. They mm-hmm. want a rectification. We want to walk in that. We want shalom. We want peace mm-hmm. in those relationships. It reminds me when you're talking about uh, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Mm, right. And that he was forgiven this insurmountable amount of money, this debt right. that he had. And truly that really our sin has earned us that each and every one of us are in that man's shoes. And so he begged for uh, patience. He begged for mercy and the King had compassion for him and he forgave him. And then what did he do? The first chance he got, he went to his fellow uh, slave servant, you know, his equal there. And he owed him a little bit amount of money. And then he grabbed him by the throat and demanded it. And, you know, we, we often do that. The, the father has really corrected me just like he has done with you when it comes to stuff like that. And he's in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things, was this really intentional? Because we don't, we often think things are intentional and they're not. Or is it really that important for me to hang on to this thing? Because what is it, what is anger going to grow in my heart? Eventually a root of bitterness, right? You don't want that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, one of the things I read about Rosh Hashanah, because I always want to say it was a short, I was telling her this before we got started, but um, we tend to say some of these words in Hebrew, like we hear other people say them, but there's actually, you know, just like you wouldn't say um, certain words without a long A or long E. Um, this is one of those that has a long O. And so I always have to make myself say Rosh Hashanah. And so, because it, it sounds foreign after hearing Rosh Hashanah all my life. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, <laughs> um, that's just a little side note there. But um, so from what I understand is your repentance or lack thereof kind of has a bearing on the new year in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Or can you speak into that? Because it's just something that I remember reading. Yes. Um, Well, I'll I'll speak of it in Jewish tradition and I'll give you some of my thoughts on that. They believe that this season is when the books, heavenly books are opened. Okay. And of course we know there's a book of life. We also know there's a record of our deeds. You can see that in the book of Revelation, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is that season. And so you can think of God being like an accountant, you know, looking at, looking through your, your ledger sheet and, and say, okay, where, where, where's the negative? Where's the, you know, where are you in the black or in your, are you in the red? You know, that sort of thing. Um, and they see three types of people at this season. Okay. There's those who are fully repentant. Okay. That would be like, the book of life. And as a matter of fact, the common greeting at this season is may your name be inscribed in the book of life. Mm. 
And it's for that reason, because it's going into that, that forward year. Then you have those that are sort of intermediates, you know, um, not quite as, as devoted and faithful, you know, as the, as the other group. And, you know, it can kind of go either way. They might choose Mm -hmm. to repent. They might not. And then you have the group of holy wicked. They have no intention of repenting whatsoever, but then they do believe that that does have a bearing on your year to come. It's going to have some positive and negative things that can come forth. Um, And if let's say there's something you've been stubborn about, or maybe blind to, you know, we're blind to a lot of things. I know I've been blind to a lot until the father like pointed it out. And you're like, Oh, I did that for years. You know, I, and I was just completely ignorant or blind and and he's gracious and long suffering as we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So he knows when the time is ripe for that to come forward, but they see it as there's a cycle. There's a cycle that will occur. You'll be tested in those areas again, maybe even a little more harshly, mm-hmm. not because he's sadistic, but because he loves you. He wants you to see this. And he wants this to be rectified because it's not just affecting you. It's affecting your family, the the community, the whole body, because we're all interconnected. Really excellent point, because I I did a Bible study on the book of Hebrews and it's, it's, you know, shameless plug here, but Jules of Hebrews is what it's called. And, but I remember in, um, I think chapter 12, it talks about discipline and, and the Lord disciplines those he loves. And I remember thinking that I would rather be disciplined here than Mm -hmm. punished for eternity. And I, and I think that's how we have to look at it, that he loves us enough to discipline us and set us right. So he doesn't have to punish us for eternity. We're, we're being made right with him through that discipline and and sometimes it may seem harsh but sometimes it's probably not nearly as harsh as we deserve and um and that's one of the things i always pray you know in in the psalms it talks about um um that you don't treat us as our sins deserve and that is very true because he's compassionate and because yes. he's long suffering and because he is loyal to the covenant that he's made. And, and, um, and, and it's, I, I don't know. I think scripture is just such a beautiful thing and learning about the feast and the depths. I mean, Rosh Hashanah, I mean, it's not just about one thing. It's not just about having a happy new year type of thing. It's, it's about so much. And, and I'm sure there's something that I don't even know and we haven't even talked about and I'll give you that opportunity. But I think that it's just, just understanding what we've talked about is a great deal is a big handful of things to really process. And I encourage people to, to read about this and, and try to process more of it on your own or, you know, find out what you can, but, but anyway, you can either comment on that or, um, you can move us on to something new too that we well, I do, about. I do want to comment on that because I think I mean as much information as there is on the face there's great but this is key to everything and it's key to our faith because what you were describing about our view of how God views us is vital mm-hmm. you know and and first John when he talks about you know perfect love casting out fear because 
fear has to do with punishment is what he says there. Right. So we view and we view everything through the lens of love or fear. The Mm -hmm. opposite of fear is love. And we know that God is love and it is knowing God is love. First John says, and the love that God has for us is how that love is perfected in us. And so when we, when things happen, when bad things happen, when, you know, are we, our first inclination is usually on the fear side. Oh, what did I do wrong? You know, Mm -hmm. we're all, it's always that. I mean, knowing this and me saying this now I could turn around and something happened and that will be my first inclination. And I literally have to speak to my flesh about it. (laughs) You know, that's, that's it. That that's the, okay. No, it is what is true. What is written is God loves me. He -hmm. loves me. So even any discipline, like you're talking about, you know, and to be a disciple, that's one who is disciplined. That's where we even get the word disciple. And if a good parent will discipline their children, not to be mean to them, not to keep good things away from them, not to bring them harm, but because they want to give them loving instruction. They want them to be on a path of goodness and success Mm -hmm. and blessing. And that is our God is. And so if any of your listeners are, you, you know, you struggle with that because we tend to have to be able to believe it for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at us on this, on the screen right now, maybe, and you're thinking, oh, well, yeah, God would do that for them. It's like, we view them as having more favor. No, we have no more favor. He right. is not a respecter of persons and he loves you immensely. So there, we shouldn't have fear or trepidation mm-hmm. as we go into these things. Sure. We can, we can have, you know, um, trepidation over our sin, but we must stand faithfully knowing mm-hmm. he is a giver of sin. We just need only ask. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's just that it's this, this is that season. Mm -hmm. And if you just think prophetically, prophetically of what this culminates Mm -hmm. with, you get that picture because the last festival, the feast of tabernacles, Sukkot or or booths, however, your translation has that Mm -hmm. is the, it's the season of our joy. So what do these judgment feasts really, these repenting feasts, you know, with Rosh Hashanah and, and Yom Kippur, where are they meant to get goad us to? It's the season of our joy. Right. It's great harvest. It's a celebration. It's like a wedding feast or mm-hmm. the wedding supper of the lamb, you might say. That's that's where he wants us right. to be. Right. Oh, yes. That's so cool. Because it is the last when the last feast of the fall is a feast of celebration. I mean, it's a true feast of celebration. If you We're commanded it. to actually be joyful, to rejoice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very neat. And um, and that's actually the feast. We're not talking about that feast in um in detail, but that's actually the feast when Jesus stood up and said, I am the spring of living water or something like that. I might have the, the exact phrase incorrect, but that's when he stands up and you will never thirst drink from me and you will never thirst. And because I mean, it's just such a beautiful picture when you understand what that feast is about and then why he's saying what he say, says there in John seven. 
and um, it all comes together beautifully. It does. And I want to add one thing to that because you're talking about Sukkot, but the, one of the names for the seventh month is Itanim. Mm. Itanim means an ever flowing spring. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's the, if you want to think about the flow, the spiritual flow that should flow through the seventh month, even beginning with Shoshana, that's it. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Very cool. So what else haven't we discussed with uh, Rosh Hashanah? Have I left something Um, out? Well, there's, uh, there's tons, but maybe (laughs) because it is trumpet, Mm -hmm. uh, we can just mention the types of blast from that shofar that go forth in the synagogue. Um, Because they're, uh, they actually have, spiritual significance to them that is really cool oh so good there's one that's called a tequila a tequila blast and it's a long like single blast that will come out from that shofar and that one you can um is akin to that coronation of the king right we're coronating him as king Mm -hmm. you know every day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess you know this is this is our king Right, And then the next one is the Shevarim. And that has, it's a broken into three short, like blast. And that signifies repentance. You're the one, it's your soul. It's your, your soul that's being uh, broken. That's what that, it's meant to pierce your heart, so to speak. Okay. And then you have Teruah, which is the same name for the feast in, in mm-hmm. uh, Hebrew. And it's nine, like blast of alarms. And that is, again, awakening our soul, awakening our soul. And then you have at the very end. And so these are four blasts. They're done in succession. And then they're repeated and repeated and repeated. But okay. these are the four that were repeated and repeated. So that last one out of the set is called the Takia Hagadol. Mm. And that's like the first one. But it is an, a great big long blast. And it's held as long as that person, <laughs> the breath in their lungs wow. will, will last. And so you can even see uh, the, the, the completion of, of that cycle. Actually, let me see if I can find this. There's this great quote. This is actually, I only have his initials here of the one I'm quoting from, but this is from a Jewish holiday book by Michael Strasfeld. And he says, Rabbi Isaiah Horowitz, author of the Two Tablets of the Covenant, an important moralistic work of the 17th century, takes special note of the fact that each series of the shofar blast begins and ends with that tekiya, a whole note surrounding a shavarim or teruah, a broken note. This is the theme of Rosh Hashanah. He writes, we were whole, we became broken but we shall be whole again. We were whole, broken, even shattered into the fragments of the Torah, but we shall yet be whole again. That is, I love that. Yeah. Isn't it? And that's true. I mean, maybe we're at the broken part of our life, but we're going to be whole again. You know, I mean, that that's a promise. That's beautiful. And there's, Something very spiritual about hearing the voice of the shofar. And this Mm -hmm. is something that has stood out to me 
if you've ever purchased a shofar, sometimes they come and, oh gosh, they stink. They stink because, you know, they are, they do come from an animal. Mm-hmm. And so all of that soft cartilage on the inside of that horn has to be removed. And sometimes there's remnants. So it smells like dead flesh, rotting flesh, because that's what it is. Right. But I want you to think that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does in you and me. He takes out that stinky, rotty flesh. Mm. And once it's removed, then the wind, the ruach, the spirit can move and blow through and in us. And it's just, of course, God chose that instrument. Right. Because it's such a a figure of the work that he does in us. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yep. Excellent. Well, we are running out of time, and um, but it went fast as usual. I think every time I have a, a podcast, it runs so quickly because it's so interesting to me. But uh, any last comments or thoughts that you'd like to share before we end? Well, I pray that your listeners are inscribed in the book of life, that you mm-hmm. are inscribed for blessings this year, and that you come before the Father uh, submissively but not in condemnation that you view him through that lens of his mercy and grace and love and, and know that he has great things planned for our future. And so you'll see that by the end of this seventh month in Sukkot. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you for doing this second episode. I know you're a busy woman and I appreciate all your time. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find me at graftedjewishroots.com. Please check out my Bible study, Jewels of Hebrews, on my website. And I also have a Facebook page under the same name. Join me every Wednesday for a new episode of Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. Thank you for listening.